Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to run a little over because I did a single piece on the social contract. And I want people to understand the way the social contract works because people talk about it all the time and imagine that we somehow operate under it. It's just utterly nonsense. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. And I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them truths like are in this show and every show I put out. I tell people the truth. Most of the time it makes people's heads explode or they just get angry with me, call me a kook, shut it off. I don't care. I know what the truth is. I used to believe all this stupid constitutional conservative crap. Then I woke up to the truth. I realized they're just a bunch of liars scamming me. That's all. Just scamming. And I'm also a self-certified master practitioner. I gave myself that title almost 20 years ago when I started realizing that the system was a total lie. Let's go ahead and get it going. So I'm going to do a show about social contract theory because I hear it all the time and I don't know how this show is going to go. You know, I do a lot of preparation for these kinds of things, but then once it starts going, <laughs> sometimes I don't do stuff that I kind of planned and it might take longer or shorter. I'm not sure. I've listened to this piece of audio. It's really silly. It's, it's full of, just packed full of uh, information and misinformation and distractions and wrong information and, and ambiguous information, but it's very, very typical. It's It's got a quarter million views. I looked around for all sorts of stuff regarding social contract theory, and I think this is one of the most sort of representative. It's about eight minutes worth of tape. I don't know if I'm going to get through it all in this show. I don't know. Obviously, the show will be a longer format, whether I'll split it. I don't know. I'm just going to see how I feel as I go through it. And the reason I bring it up is that I hear all the time people throw this super social contract thing out, and all of these top so, so-called constitutional conservatives out in media, they're always talking about the civil society and all this stupid crap. And I hear all the time these people, they, they constantly reference the social contract as though that's some part of our country's government. <laughs> it's no part of it. See, they're completely and totally different things. A social contract has nothing to do with a constitutional government. They just don't. A constitutional government doesn't have any of its authority as a result of a social contract. A social contract is just an ambiguous Barnum statement. It means whatever somebody wants to mean. A constitution that's written like we have with express enumerated powers that are supposedly limiting on the government. They have nothing to do with looking at the social contract. You don't look to the social contract in order to do constitutional analysis, you look at the language in the Constitution. And so those two things are just massively confused right from the beginning, that somehow we have this Constitution as a result of a social contract. It's just not true. Social contract theory itself is just, it's just a load of shit. And I'm going to show you why it's a load of shit. It doesn't mean that there may or may not be some kind of theoretical construct running around that people imagine somehow justifies government. There may be. But it's a Barnum statement because it's going to be different for every single person. You're never going to get agreement about any part of it. And I'm going to show you how the three major philosophers who people always talk about, they also don't agree in any form or fashion. And their agreements and disagreements show that the entire so-called theory just makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense the way they use it. 
So I'm going to start it out here. I'm going to play a little bit, and then uh, I'm going to comment. So let's go ahead and listen to what this guy has to say. Welcome to the first episode in Mr. Burkman's Flip Classroom. As I said in class, before we can actually get to understand these uh, basic pieces of government, we have to understand the philosophies that are uh, at the very basis of um, our understanding of the relationship between people to other people, oh. uh, people in the society, and then the people in government. Ah. So okay, see, so this is why I started from the beginning, because it shows you I'm not misrepresenting it. This is how it's presented, that we must understand this before we can understand the governmental theory we operate under. That's exactly what they're saying. To look at these social contract uh, philosophers and these social contract theorists Bingo. Uh, in our studies. Now, there are some key things that we do need to define. Uh, first of all, what do we mean by the state of nature? For all these theorists, that state of nature is a pre-social condition. It's a time in which people were together, uh, but nothing had been set up. No government, no understandings, no contracts had been set up. Whoa, did you hear that? No governments, no understandings, and no contracts. W what does that mean? See, they're already defining the state of nature makes no sense. No understandings, no contracts. It's ridiculous. They act like those things only exist if you have government. <laughs> the people were doing fine. During our Revolutionary War, were we in a state of nature? We didn't have a central government. And even afterwards, we had the Articles of Confederation. We didn't have, we didn't have the Constitution. <laughs> I don't get it. Pre-social condition. What does that mean? Just a made-up thing, see? Just made up. See, it's not challenged. Can't be challenged because the entire thing rests on all these absurd Barnum statements that make no sense. So we got state of nature, total nonsense, the way it's been defined. What comes next, though, is the social contract, uh -huh. and the social contract is an important piece that comes naturally in a state of nature, according to these philosophers. <laughs> this social contract is simply an agreement between members of the community. It might be between the community members themselves, or even members of the community and the sovereign. Okay, well, what does that mean? Nobody ever agrees. You don't have any agreement right now. If that's the case, then there's no such thing as a social contract, because there is no agreement. Between anybody, look around. You can't get agreement about anything. So the social contract, just the basics, the very fundamentals make no sense. <laughs> None at all. This sovereign is the legitimate head of state uh, that comes to power or is granted power after the social contract uh, has been written. I see. So when we take a look at these philosophers, we have to understand the state of nature and the social contract and the sovereign and the interrelated nature of those peoples. Okay, see that? So you have a sovereign. He's the legitimate head of state. Again, all these words are brainwashing. Because of this social contract that he has brainwashed people with, it's legitimate. And we got Hobbes, Locke, and Rousseau. I call them the three bears. Hobbes, oh, he's way too much authority. Rousseau, oh, he's too much communism. Locke, oh, he's just right. That's what they do. That's how they pitch these things. And if you listen to it, you'll hear exactly how that is uh, presented. And this is how these constitutional conservative uh, misleading fakers present it to everybody. And it's just a blatant brainwashing. And Thomas Hobbes was obviously simply a tool of the crown of the king. His philosophy he just happened to come up with said that everything sucks, people suck, and therefore we need one solid person who leads us all. 
Makes no sense. And you can't do anything about them. It's just there to push the king and, and a monarchy on everybody. It's just blatant as hell. So let's listen to how he breaks it down, because it's interesting. When we look at these philosophers, who we're really looking at are three major philosophers, Thomas Hobbes, John Locke, and Jean-Jacques Rousseau. The That's three really bears. kind of the order in which they come. Uh, one inspires the other, and they all kind of take different tacks. So let's take a look at what they uh, each talk about. When we look at uh, the first question, we have to understand what's their view of human nature. Uh, for the three of them, they have different views of human nature. Thomas Hobbes is much more... Um, much more critical of human nature. Uh, he says we're all selfish human beings, and because we're selfish, we want to violate people's rights. <laughs> Listen to that. His answer to that reality that he presents is that we need a single selfish person who wants to violate everybody's rights to be in control of us that you can't overthrow. That's what he promotes. And this is just as absurd as the system we have now, which is this government which just abuses the crap out of everybody, but we're told we have to obey it. <laughs> and that's, that's just every single one of them. It's just every, it's all makes no sense together. Right, so that's, that's what Hobbes says. Okay, all right, let's go on. John Locke, on the other hand, says human are, humans are rational by nature mm. and by and large can really control themselves. Then why do we need a government? we're all rational and controlling ourselves, I don't need this gigantic government to step in. It makes no sense. An opportunity, given a choice, they can control themselves in okay. this state of nature because our human nature uh, is rational. All right. Jean-Jacques Rousseau says humans are good and we're compassionate by nature, but we can be corrupted. Given the opportunity, we can be corrupted by the social contract or civilization that's taking us in the wrong direction. Ah, okay. So we have a social contract that takes us in the wrong direction, so everything needs to be based upon a social contract. Gotcha. It makes a lot of sense. Do you see how Hobbes, Locke, and Rousseau represent a dictatorship, and Rousseau on the other side more of a communist system, and John Locke in the middle, which is the just right version, that happens to be ours, this fantastic representative constitutional government we have, where the government's limited, all, oh, and we can toss it out. We have elections. You see how it works? A silly, silly thing. It's it's not any different than problem, reaction, solution. Problem, on the other side, reaction, in the middle, solution. That's it. That's all this crap is. It's just a load of shit. Brainwashing. Now, before we look at what the state of nature is, we've got to look at some examples of what they are. I think the perfect example of a state of nature is Lost, the TV show. Uh, of course, one of the characters is John Locke. Another one is Rousseau. But... The state of nature is just like lost. Plane crashes, we're on a deserted island, we have no contact with the outside <laughs> world, and now we have to put together a culture and a society. And we they act like this is the way people have just been dropped into some nowhere. They're developed over very, very long periods of time through tons of interactions and, and contracts and everything else. It's just asinine. It's not even remotely like that. You have to save each other and uh, help each other. Okay. And the study of human nature is the key part of how the society lives, thrives, or dies. Okay. So in this state of nature, what Thomas Hobbes is really saying is it's a dangerous place. And he says the life of man is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. It's not a good place to be. For John Locke, the state of nature exists anytime the humans are 
that they haven't entered into agreement with each other to participate in a government. It might be a desert island, or maybe it's just people living on their own. Okay. But even though there is no government, it's not chaotic, because humans are rational. And in that rational understanding of humanity, we have three natural rights, the right to life, liberty, and property. For Jean-Jacques Rousseau, that state of nature is a wonderful, rich environment that early humans living in were living solitary and peaceful lives. It was, it was a utopia, maybe. I don't know. It was, it was something that was perfect beyond understanding at that point. Okay. So, Hobbes, solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, short. <laughs> Rousseau, fantastic, utopian. Locke, right in the middle. Okay. Um, they don't even agree about what the state of nature was that supposedly gives rise to this social contract. All of this is just theoretical nonsense. You see, it's just theoretical nonsense. You want to read a book about that? Read Man, Economy, and State. <laughs> Starts out on a desert island with a single man. He goes around. He shows you. It's an economic treatise. Read that. <laughs> you can theorize about all sorts of things. It's just made-up theories. These guys have nothing in common because they don't even agree about the starting point, which is the state of nature. They're complete opposites. It makes no sense. <laughs> Their theories make no sense together. How can you take them if they don't agree about the starting point? <laughs> if you don't agree about the way state of nature is, how the hell are you going to agree about what kind of social contract could ever arise? <laughs> it's just so silly. Now we have to look at this idea of the sovereign. Okay. Who controls? Once we're in that state of nature, they have definite views on how society needs to be controlled. Ah, there you go. Definite views on how society needs to be controlled. There's the meat of the matter. That's all it's really about. See, it's about controlling you. Everything else is bullshit. See, everything else is bullshit. These are all these different distractions. For Thomas Hobbes, there's no answer but a monarch. Yeah, he was paying him. People are evil. Life is nasty, brutish, and short. <laughs> People are evil. And so he wants someone who's an evil, selfish person who wants to trample on your rights to be the sole one in charge of everybody else. <laughs> Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. His system makes no sense at all. Why would anybody ever be influenced by a man whose entire system of thought and philosophy makes no sense, and it's fantastically tainted by who's paying him? It's idiotic. We need somebody to take the reins and take control. We need a monarch. So we need somebody to take the reins and take control. Okay. Um, I, who's there? Who's there? Who's there to take him? Some selfish person who's evil? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. For John Locke, the people would elect a government in democratic elections. Now, of course, when he's writing, he's talking about all males, all adult males, but the people are electing government in a democratic election. Jean-Jacques Rousseau, very same thing. The people are going to vote on all matters. People are going to have a say. It's the people who are the sovereign. Communism. So there's see, see what I'm saying? It's just communism on one end, dictatorship on the other, and the supposed perfect mid-bear right in the middle. It's democratic elections. What a load of shit they are. I mean, how many ways do I have to show people that elections are garbage, that representatives are made up? And there's all sorts of other additional problems with Locke's so-called philosophy. It makes no damn sense together. None of it does. Very different views as to who's going to hold the power and how they're going to lead this government. Ah, there you go. 
Now, once we enter into the social contract, once we've developed this contract and we develop this government, what's the effect of it? <laughs> what is he talking about? Once we enter into a social contract, what does this mean? Just vague terms, see? Once we develop this government, what, what does any of this mean? There's no terms to the social contract. It's not a contract in any form or fashion. A contract has actual terms we all agree on. It can be enforced and violated. There's none of that exists with a social contract, and none of that has anything to do with supposed constitutional government we have. Nothing. <laughs> well, for Hobbes, because we have this monarch and because people are under control, people are going to live in peace without rights except maybe for the right to self-defense. It may be. <laughs> so you live in peace without rights. Okay. Uh, ruled by a tyrant who's selfish and wants to abuse you. Okay, that's his theory. That's a great theory. They're under control of the monarch, but there's peace. They've been controlled. Human nature has been harnessed. Okay. For John Locke, those three natural rights are certainly going to exist in the state of nature. That right to life, liberty, and property is going to be easier to enforce by the government because people have given their express consent. Okay, so hear this. So Locke's fundamental concept is these natural rights. Well, people who believe in natural rights and natural law, the last thing you need is a government stepping in to do anything. Who takes your life, liberty, and property in this country? The government. Who is all the time spent fighting against taking all those rights? The government. And so the idea that the government's protecting those things just is, makes no sense, see? That makes no sense. That's not true. I don't spend any time worrying about trying to keep other people from taking my life, liberty, and property. It's easy. I lock my door. I can hire some basic security, and that's it. Go on my way. The people who are constantly taking my money and then abusing me in a million ways is government. So the concept that you would need government in order to enforce this lock concept makes no sense. And even if you would have some kind of voluntary consent, you don't have it in our country. There is no voluntary consent. Listen to some other things he says. The people that have given their express consent are going to be bound by the contract. Boom. See, this is the fundamental misrepresentation again. And the people that have given their express consent are going to be bound by the contract. Given express consent. Well, I've never been given any express consent to this constitutional government. No one can even tell me what the government's powers are. We have to wait until the government, the Supreme Court, tells us what the government can do. And the government just oversteps in legislation all the time. This idea that's express consent, that's ridiculous. Written, signed on the dotted line. There's never been anything like that. The people weren't allowed to take the Constitution and agree to or to disagree to. None of that happened. See, that's the fundamental problem with all of this. There is no real consent. So the concept that the Constitution somehow represents this lock social contract turned into a regular contract with limited right, none of it's true because there's no consent. The fundamental necessity of the lock deal is that you give your consent, your express consent. Well, we don't have that. And voting doesn't solve that because if I vote against whatever wins, well, I've expressly dissented and I haven't agreed to be bound by a majority. If I hold a minority position, why would I ever agree that I'll be bound by a majority? Makes no sense. Why would I? Especially in light of his theory that in the state of nature, without that, everything's fine. I'm dealing with rational people. <laughs> what rational person under his concept of protecting life, liberty, and property would be needed a government? All that ever happens is the people who supposedly, all these rational people, they just vote to take my stuff or your stuff and give it to themselves under the government. There's nothing about that's natural rights or anything else. See, none of it actually makes any sense together if you just look at it.
but they just present it over and over and over and over again, and the people just accept it for the same reason that they don't even ask doctors questions about their diagnosis and prognosis and the treatment. They're afraid to because they fear authority figures. They think, well, I don't really understand. I've never read Hobbes and Locke and Rousseau. I don't know if I'm fit to comment. So I just think keep their mouth shut. And these constitutional conservatives just steamroll everybody with their utter horseshit. People who sign on the dotted line are going to be held to that social contract. Sign the dotted line. So life is going to be fair for everybody okay. as long as we employ the general will and we set aside personal preferences. <laughs> Listen to this crap. Fair for everyone. Set aside the general will and personal preferences. Okay. Um, well, this is an absurd fantasy and this is just communism. And it's a total fantasy. They're all Barnum statements. The, the general will. <laughs> Do things for the general good. They're all made up. You can't get agreement about what those things are. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal man? <laughs> well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. Well, this is an absurd fantasy and this is just communism. They're all Barnum statements. The, the general will. <laughs> Do things for the general good. They're all made up. You can't get agreement about what those things are. This is silly. This stuff is all silly. It's passed off as intellectualism, and it's not. It's anti-intellectualism. This shit is garbage. As long as we look to the common good, <laughs> as long as we look to the benefit for everybody, <laughs> and set aside our personal interests, we're going to be okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. So as long as we do all those things, we're going to be great, okay? just can't get agreement about any one of those things, or what it would mean to do them, or anything else. It's just... It's just it's so stupid. It's very difficult for me to understand how this has continued to be pushed on people and more people don't speak up about it. I don't get it. See, if I was in a class, some professor was spewing this kind of horse shit, I would be raising my hand. I would be challenging them. And this is why I was always getting abused in class, because this is nonsense. They teach people nonsense. <laughs> now he's going to explain how. Now, this is all part of Jefferson's deal, as though Jefferson is somehow our government, as though I give a shit what Thomas Jefferson says, thought, wrote, or anything else. Now, how does this make its way into understanding of American government? Well, <laughs> if you look, Thomas Hobbes is the one that starts it all. Okay. Thomas Hobbes' work inspires John Locke. Okay. And through John Locke, we get our window into our understanding of American constitutionalism and the American Revolution. Okay, so the, uh, the thigh bone's connected to the hip bone, and the hip bone's connected to the, the backbone, and the backbone's connected to... Okay, I got it. So this is how it makes sense. Okay, it makes a lot of sense. Okay, we get a window in to theoretical 
ideas about what Thomas Jefferson might have been thinking, as though that has anything to do with me, my government, consent, anything about uh, express consent, and signing on the dotted line, and it, it doesn't make any sense. Because from John Locke, hmm. we get Thomas Jefferson. Ah, okay. Thomas Jefferson takes the philosophy of John Locke and that natural rights philosophy, and we really get what we now know as the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among those include life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All right, so the Declaration of Independence, I've told people many times, was simply a promotional piece designed to try to get England's enemies to finance, support uh, the, the revolution. That's all it was. And the Declaration of Independence is in complete and total contradiction to the Constitution. And the way they tie them together constantly is preposterous because even discussing openly the concepts that are in the Declaration of Independence will get you arrested because it's illegal. You're not allowed to discuss any kind of overthrow of the government. You're not allowed to. So to say that the Declaration of Independence somehow forms the foundation of the constitutional government we have is preposterous. It's utterly ludicrous. Again, they also leave out the fact that what happened after the Revolutionary War, there was no plan. Were we living in the state of nature then? And when the, and the Revolutionary War ended, what did we get? We didn't get the Constitution. We got the Articles of Confederation. And then that was running on. It was a very loose confederation, much more decentralized, much more, much closer to what Jefferson so-called writes out in his Declaration of Independence. The Constitution was written by a bunch of rich people illegally in secret and then sprung on people with a faked up vote on it. <laughs> So the way they tie these things together, see, they leave out all the stuff that matters. And they teach it in this very, very deceptive fashion. And this guy just probably believes everything he's saying because he's also just inside this absurd blue box of fantasy and just repeating garbage to people. That's it. Because the way you get ahead in education is by repeating garbage back. And then you get A's for repeating garbage back and you're just rewarded for never questioning, but just constantly affirming and explaining the fantasies that you're given. And that's what this is. Sounds a heck of a lot like life, liberty, and property to me. Oh, yeah. Thomas Hobbes also inspires Jean-Jacques Rousseau. And it's important to look at Rousseau because Rousseau's ideas go on to inspire Immanuel Kant, Marxism, the environmental movement, respect for indigenous people, Native <laughs> Americans, what? and really even modern childhood education. What is he talking about? What, what do any of those things have to do with a constitutional government we have? Nothing. And if John Locke inspired Rousseau, they have completely and totally opposite conclusions. They don't even start with the same thing. So to say they're related, sure, they both kind of talk about this construct of how to get a government together so you can rule people and control them. But beyond that, there's nothing. There's nothing there. And we don't care what Immanuel Kant says. <laughs> it has nothing to do with our government. It's idiotic. The effect of this, the seeds of inspiration from the social contract philosophers radiate out, even still today, when we talk about Immanuel Kant or when we talk about John Rawls, those are where those influences come from. Okay. Nobody so, talks about those people, and they don't have any influence on our government. None whatsoever. And the social contract, as I've told you again and again, is not part of our government. It's not. We don't have any kind of express consent to anything. There's nothing to the extent there was ever any kind of consent at all. It occurred 240 years ago with people I have nothing to do with and never approved and did not give them my agency authority. So they don't have any authority. 
There is no express consent. The idea that you get to vote, that's your consent, that's preposterous. If I vote and I vote against it, what does my vote mean? It means I dissent. So to say there's ex express consent, it's all made up. See, none of it holds together. None of it holds together. So now he's going to he's going to summarize uh, Hobbes and Locke. <laughs> when it comes down to it, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need For to know. Hobbes, man, is evil. Government is needed to protect the public. The government should be all-powerful, and you can't overthrow it. Listen to how insane this is. His philosophy literally makes no sense at all. That people are bad, they're evil, they're always trying to take advantage, and so the answer is that you need a single bad, evil person to be in charge of everyone. It is utterly nonsense. But then when we look at Locke, Locke. that's the key part. There you go. Man is good in his eyes. The government is wanted and is desired, and it's there to benefit the public. <laughs> and the government, well, it should be conditional. We can overthrow it. Uh -huh. And the power should be shared in the legislator, legislature and the executive. Do you hear all that? It's supposed to be good. Man is good, okay? Government's wanted to benefit the public. Does the government benefit the public? Does it? Is that what it's doing now? Conditional. You can overthrow it. All they really mean by that is that you can vote within this system. You're stuck with it regardless. You can't do anything about any of this crap. If you have a minority position, you have nothing. You have no say at all. None. It's idiotic. There's nothing about his philosophy results in any way with the government we have. And the Constitution is not a social contract. It's a written contract. It's a written contract. That's what they purport it to be. But the problem is I've never agreed to it. And nobody can tell me what the terms are. And nobody agrees to it. And when they act outside the terms, you're not even allowed to discuss overthrowing the government. You're not allowed to. They call overthrowing the government substituting red versus blue. That's it. The people did try to leave. That's what the Civil War was about. Half the states didn't like what was going on. They wanted to create a government that actually was beneficial to them. So they voted to leave. They left. They formed their own government. What did our government, that's supposedly this locked government, there to help and benefit the public, what did it do? It went down and it killed all those people and forced them back in. So any possible discussion about the government being anything remotely like a locked social contract or anything else is utterly and completely made up. See, they don't hold any water. Nothing about this social contract theory shit makes any sense. You want to have a nice theoretical discussion about it, that's fine. Plato wrote The Republic. He's got all sorts of theories too. All sorts of philosophers have had theories about theoretical constructs for government. <laughs> they have. So what? Who cares? We operate under a supposed constitutional government. I just showed you under no possible circumstances can it be something that the public wants. Because the public, when they didn't want it, and they left. They were killed by the very government. These same people continue to run around and tell me is a voluntary union of states. It's not. They say it's an express consent, and that's why you feel bound to obey it. Well, I don't have an opportunity to consent. Any opportunity I get, I dissent. And guess what? It makes absolutely no difference. The idea that I can overthrow the government. That's not true. You're not even allowed to discuss it. <laughs> You're not even allowed to discuss it. It's all crap. All this social contract theory discussion that's very vague and ambiguous, they stick it in all the time when I ask people, hey, I don't understand, how does the government get consent? Oh, then they'd say social contract. Okay, well, I just showed you the social contract and a constitutional form of government that we have have nothing in common, nothing at all. So it's just a nonsensical thing. Social contract is a vague, ambiguous statement 
That could mean anything. There is no agreement on it. Constitution that we have is supposed to be a very specific document with very specific limited powers. But again, even something written down that that's specific, you can't get agreement about what the Constitution says. So all of this stuff is nonsense. It's all just a way to create systems to control people. And all these people, Hobbes, Locke, Rousseau, these are just aristocrats. These are just well-to-do people who are just writing about different ways to control the masses. That's all. For all I know, the whole thing was a cooked up, you know, three bears type of stunt that the Masons pulled. I have no idea. That would be more credible to me than this nonsense I'm given about this, oh, hey, well, it was very heavily influenced. Why would somebody be heavily influenced by something they totally disagree with? It doesn't even make sense. The exact opposite kind of philosophy, it's not influencing you. You'd read it and you'd think, what a load of shit, I'm going to write this. That didn't influence you. It just made you think, you know what, that's so wrong, I can't stand. I'm going to have to write something against it. <laughs> like saying I'm influenced by people who want a huge government. I'm not influenced by them. They're dead wrong. <laughs> they're fools. They're brainwashed or they're in on the scam. That's it. So there you go. Social contract theories. I'm not even going to bother to sum up Rousseau. It's a waste of time. The guy's a communist. That's all. A fantasy communist. And again, probably uh, another one of these controlled opposition guys. That's all just another controlled opposition guy. They use these people and then they dispose of them. So, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. That's a social contract. I think it's helpful to have that even though it's just a total load of shit. I think it's helpful to be able to see and hear the way it actually breaks out because people talk about it so much in media, so much, and on social media. And now you can see for yourself that it's just a load of crap. That's all. Just a load of crap. And if you want to hear me uh, tell truth, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review. I've got tons of public shows. You can listen to those. And I want to thank the people who are in Patreon because they support my show. And, you know, without them, I probably would have already stopped making the show. Do people care about it? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I know this, that if, if my show is heard by millions of people each week, like those jokers on talk radio, are heard by millions of people each week, this country would not be in the problems it's in. If people understood the concepts I tell them, the truth I tell them, as opposed to the lies they're fed day in and day out by constitutional conservatives, we'd be out of this mess. We'd have real freedom, real liberty. It wouldn't be just going down the drain like it is. It just wouldn't. So, you know, I appreciate those people on Patreon. They make it possible for the show to be heard. They do. And it takes time to percolate out through the system. It does. It takes time. And to the extent it percolates out, great. We'll get some more freedom. To the extent it doesn't, well, then it doesn't. <laughs> it's just that bottom line. So, all right. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the show. You guys have been a great audience. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time. For legal man. Thanks so much. I get to take your service on the way out. More quash. More quash.